my confession is this, is that I have anger issues, and uh, my, I grew up in an angry household. I, I, I've shared this story a bunch. Um, my dad was angry, and I became uh, an angry adult, uh, and, and I, I don't blame him or anything like that. Um, he came to faith later in life. But once I started dealing with my anger issues, and that started to subside, I started to realize that I had anxiety issues as well. That anger had actually been a buffer to keep me from being anxious about stuff. Instead of getting anxious, I would get angry, and then I wouldn't feel anxious. And then when I took that anger away, I started to realize that I had some anxiety issues. And I've been working on that, uh, something uh, through the Lord. So I'm sharing from my heart today. What I share is that I'm not just sharing about I'm sharing about something I struggle with. And so I want you to play along with me because uh, we all have different areas in which we're, we're, we're anxious, different things we're anxious about. So I'll, I'll say some stuff. And if this is you, uh, raise your hand. All right. Just, just, just things that make us anxious. Flying an airplane. Anybody scared of flying? Man, we got I was way more than I thought. Okay. All right. Great. Thanks for sharing. All right. Great. Going to the dentist. Man, I am petrified. Look, I went to the dentist this week. I'd broke out in a sweat. You know, you get up, your shirt's all wet. I'd sweat it all over that chair, that thing. And I know they were like, "What's going on with it?" I'm laying there, and I don't. Nothing ever happens, but I always anticipate that something's going to happen. Like they're going to get in there and eat, or something like that. And you know, and just I don't know. But I'd broke out in a sweat. I was telling Les about it. It was, it was terrible. But anyway, all right. Walking into a church building. Anybody get anxious? First time you ever did it? Hadn't done it in a long time. Go to a new church. It's, it's very, it's a very anxious feeling if you've ever walked into a church building for the first time in a long time. Speaking in public. Yeah, this is the one that usually gets everybody. People don't want to do that. Um, or this one, praying out loud. I'm the all-time prayer. You know, you know when you were little that you played football and, and you had the all-time quarterback? Well, in my family, I'm the all-time prayer. Any, any event, all right, Gary, you got it. You, 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 you know, I'm just the one who prays. But you ask somebody to pray, if you want to stop somebody in their tracks, to ask them to pray out loud. I'm telling you, it'll, sometimes it'll, it'll take every ounce of energy and courage for them to muster up like three words. But anyway. And I enjoy those moments. Yes, I do. <laughs> What about when you're driving as when you're riding in a car as a passenger with certain people? Yes, they got that little handle right there. You know what I'm talking about? You got that handle. You got I'm getting the handle. You're hitting the brake with your foot and stuff like that. Yes. What about clutter? Anybody that clutter makes you anxious? Yeah, we have some people that are like uh, OCD. Anyway, no, I know you're good people. Anyway, so what about this one? Looking up your medical diagnosis on the internet. Do you ever do this? This is the worst thing to do. This is the worst. This will bring you so much anxiety. You'll have about, you'll have something that is minor and it'll be 10 things that you're going to die next week. You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to die. Well, today I am going to talk about anxiety and it's a bigger issue than what I just made it out to be right there. As a matter of fact, uh, I was looking at this, that struggling with anxiety that affects 33% 32.3% um, of all adults, let's just say 33 because it's easier. So almost a third of everybody struggles with anxiety. And then the biggest, kind of surprising in a lot of ways, the biggest group of people that struggle with anxiety are people who are 18 to 24, 49%. And then 38% of all adults, 25 to 49. And then 29% of all adults, 50 to 64. And then when you get to 65, you really don't care anymore. So, you know, it's just like, man, if it ain't happened, it probably ain't going to happen. If it does, then I'll get over it. So just that number just kind of goes down. 
And so what is anxiety? Anxiety is a feeling of worry or nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome that we have this anxiety about this uncertain outcome because it just we or, or we're certain it's going to be bad and the thing about anxiety is that it does incredible things to our bodies that uh, and it's not good anxiety is not is not good for you it's not for you uh, it, it, it causes things in our bodies like insomnia panic attacks fatigue because you have insomnia it causes headaches stomach aches muscle aches it can cause heart issues irritability, trouble concentrating. It can lead to depression, increased or high blood pressure, difficulty breathing. It can feed a lot of things in our lives that are not good. But what's the cause of anxiety? You know, last week, uh, Scott preached and he said, he said, you know, what causes depression? He said, I know the answer. The answer is, I don't know. And I have an answer for anxiety that anxiety comes from a lack of trust in God. Now, that's, that sounds like a really church answer, and if you've got anxiety, look, I struggle, but, but I'm not throwing rocks at anybody because I struggle with it, but it comes from a lack of, of trust in God. And there's a scripture right here in, in, in 1 Peter 5, 7. It says, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Now, here's the truth. If we really believed that, that you and I could give all our cares and all our worries to God that we could give them to him because he cared for us. If we really believe that we probably wouldn't have much anxiety. The truth is, is a lot of times we have anxiety because we don't believe that we don't believe it. That anxiety is this belief that God doesn't care that he can't do anything, that, he, that his plan won't work for my life, and, and that, that he's not working good for me, and, and things like that. And so we, we start to have all these things, and it just starts to spin, this, this whole spinning of, of our thoughts and that we're going down. I'm going down. And so today we're going to be talking about breaking free from anxiety. How do you break free from anxiety? How do you do that? And I'm going to walk through just four steps. And then when I say this, uh, just as Pastor Scott said last week, I can't fix, and I don't even want to try, and I'm not even going to assume that we're going to fix anybody's anxiety issues in one sermon. What I am going to say is that we're going to point you in the right direction. We're going to point you in the direction to where you can break free. Now, the Lord can do anything today, and he may supernaturally free you from your anxiety. But I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody. Sometimes it is a process of doing things, and so I'm going to offer a process to you today. The first is this. It's prayer over worry. Prayer over worry. There's a scripture here, and uh, in 2018, this was the most Googled scripture of the year that people, I don't know why in 2018, this was the case, but it was. And this scripture right here says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds 
as you live in Christ Jesus. And I want to leave that scripture up there for a little bit. I want you to think about your process of being anxious. Your process of being anxious is usually you think about something that's going to happen or something has happened and you just simply worry about it. Whether it's your kids, your job, uh, a car problem, uh, financial issues, uh, relational, whatever, you start thinking about and you start thinking about and you worry, 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 and it becomes this cycle that you go through. I'm just worrying, 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 and it's happening all the time. And I'm saying this, that Paul is talking and he's saying, hey, pray. Pray. You don't have to worry. He says, pray first. He says, don't worry about anything. He says, but pray about everything. And so my thing is this, what if we spent as much time praying about something as we did worrying about it? What if we spent as much time praying about something? So when something happens, instead of us going down this cycle of what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm just going to simply pray. Now, years ago, we were driving down the road. Look, we were driving down the road. We, uh, we had a, the boys had a ball game, and we were going to Florida for vacation. And so it was Saturday. We left after the ball game. We were driving at night. We were going to Florida. And all of a sudden, my car started making a weird noise. And I was thinking to myself, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make it. And we were like four or five hours away. There was no making it. There was no making it. And so I pulled over. Um, right near Lake City and, and pulled over and we, it was late at night and, and we got a hotel room. We called Leslie's parents and told them we weren't going to make it and that uh, I, my car broke down. And I'm th- and here's, where, here's where my mind started going. You're not going to get this work done until Monday. It's, it's Saturday night. Nobody's going to be open on Sunday. You're, you're, you're not going to get to work. And so I started having all these thoughts. And for this one moment in my life, I practiced what I preached and I prayed. I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on with this car, but I need you to help me. And then we checked in this hotel, and it wasn't a very nice hotel. I don't know if you remember or not. It wasn't very nice. It was the only one, was the only one there. It was the only one there. It was. And I laid in that bed, and Leslie said, you're going to sleep? I said, yep. She said, you okay? I said, yep. Woke up the next morning. She said, you okay? I said, yep. She said, I'm just so surprised you could go to sleep. I thought, I didn't have a choice. There was no, I can't fix this. And I said, I prayed, and I, I think, you know, the Lord's going to take care of us. And I know what was going to happen. Well, that next morning, Leslie's parents knew a guy that lived near Lake City. And he was the choir director of their church, and he told their church that he couldn't go lead the choir that day because he had to come help me. Now, if Cam did this, I would kill him, y'all. You know what I'm saying? You're like, no, we're not doing that. You're leading worship. And he came over there. He wasn't just a choir director. He knew how to fix cars. He fixed my car. And that one moment, I can remember that I prayed about something and God responded. Now, it doesn't always work instantaneously. We want it to, don't we? We want to microwave God. Put it in. Oh, I need two minutes. I'll give you two minutes. It's ready. Everything's ready. And I'd love to tell you that it's going to work like that. And you've heard me say this before, that God... To some of his best work in a crock pot, not in a microwave. Sometimes things take time. But he says right here that we are to pray about everything. Now, I want you to look at this for a second. What if you really believe this? Now, I'm not going to worry about anything. Things are going to come to my mind. But I'm going to hold those thoughts captive instead of just letting my mind run wild I'm going to pray instead. I'm going to ask God. I said, God, you know what's going on. You know my finances. You know what my marriage is like. You know what my kids are doing. You know what my job is. You, you know my car's broke down. And you're going, to, you're going to say to God, 
I'm turning this over to you. This is what I need. I need help here. And you're going to thank him for what he's done in your life. You're going to thank him. Because if you think back, if you look back over your life, you're going to see where he's come through, just like I talked about him fixing my car over and over again. A lot of times we don't see God going forward, but we can certainly look back and see where he's, he's marked every step of our life. Look what happens here. Verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace. Now, I'm going to say this again. When you do those things, even though nothing may have happened yet, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That word guard right there, that word guard right there is this picture that Paul, when he's writing to these people, the word guard is that you would be surrounded by a garrison of troops in your heart and your mind that would protect you from wearing it because you would have peace that if we would just simply turn more things over to God and say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn this over to you and, and I'm going to pray to you and I'm going to trust you, then we would have less anxiety. Now that's easier said than done. And a lot of times, the enemy gets in there and he starts twisting things up and, and saying things. But there was actually an article in Psych Central Magazine that said that prayer offers emotional comfort resulting in fewer symptoms of anxiety. Even science is saying this. So what if you and I took God's word as it is and started doing that? So the next time you want to worry, just stop. Just stop. Say, I'm going to stop. Lord, I'm going to turn this over you. You start to worry again, stop. No, no, I'm turning this over you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to stop. And you, you started putting prayer first and worry second. Prayer over worry. Second thing is this. Positive over negative. Positive over negative. That, 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 this positive. And I have this, this great... Uh, uh, partner in, in life, Leslie, who is positive. She is the most positive person I've ever met in my life. I call her, sometimes we make fun of her at home. I don't know if you do this, but anyway, we make fun of her at home and we call her Peggy positive, Peggy positive. Cause she's always positive. As a matter of fact, I've said this before that if you were to cut your arm off and you were laying the floor with your arm cut off, she'd be like, you cut your arm off. It's going to be okay. I'm telling you, she wouldn't, she'd pray over you and you would feel like it was okay. She would, and it would be so positive. The doctor's going to fix you up. It's going to be, and you would think, and I need this. Here's the, way, here's the truth. I need this because that's not my general inclination in life. That's not the way I usually roll, but I need someone positive in my life. And here's what I'm saying. You need positive in your life. As a matter of fact, nothing positive ever came out of negative thinking. I'm telling you, nothing positive ever comes out of negative thinking. And the scripture and, and, and Psalm, I mean, Proverbs 23 says, as a person thinks, so they become. That you and I, if we're constantly being filled with negative, and look, there's a lot of negative out there. I, I see people who watch the news, they watch Fox News. If you watch Fox News all day, you think the world is falling apart. And you might think that now. And you think everything's bad and everything. And I'm not against Fox News. Choose whatever news channel you want. And it's bad, bad, bad. Who did this? Who did that? Trump, Republicans, Democrats, and you think and everything, and you become negative. You do. This is what happens to us. And we become negative. Things happen in our life that are just negative, negative, negative. And you've got to replace that negative with some positive. That that's how it works. Because nothing negative, I mean, nothing positive ever comes out of the negative. And so here's the scripture right here that Paul says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, 
One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And I want to stop right here. I don't know if you've ever set, set a fence post. Anybody ever set a fence post? You know what I'm talking about? You set a fence post. Years ago, I had, had built a batting cage in my yard and we had to set some posts. The ground was hard as a rock. It was hard as a rock, had no post hole diggers. And listen, anytime you're behind post hole diggers, it is a bad day. I don't care who you are, care what's going on. It's a bad day. I had those post hole diggers and I'm digging, 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 because it's got to go down. It takes work. You got to take, dig a hole deep enough to secure it. And then you're going to put, you're going to put concrete in there and you're going to, you're going to set that post so that it doesn't move. And he's saying to do that same thing with your thoughts. The word here where he says, he says one thing I'll think, he says, fix your thoughts. You are literally setting your thoughts. You're setting that, that you're stuck and you got to fix them on what is good, positive. Now I'm going to stop here for a second. He starts off with what is true. And a lot of times we don't want truth. We think truth is negative. Let me share this with you. Truth is your friend. Doesn't matter what it is, the truth is your friend. And, and, and I'm not talking about living in a world of denial and make-believe where you, you've got this fantasy world where everything's gonna be okay. No, 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 no. If something's not right, you need the truth. So you fix your thoughts on what is true. Where do you get that from? You get it from the Word of God. That you and I daily need a dose of the Word of God. We need God's Word because it is true. And it tells us, uh, the, the scripture says that the word of God is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And the problem with us is our anxiety a lot of times comes because we're living in darkness. We're living in darkness and we don't know which way to go. And we try to find our own way. We make things worse. We're lost and we've got to have the truth. So you've got to fix your mind on what is true. The truth is your friend. And then he goes on to say, honorable. Think about things that are honorable because man, that's going to feel positive in your life. And the things that are right and things that are pure. And then he says things that are lovely. That's why when we go to the beach and we look outside and we see the, the water and we see the sun go down, we go to the mountains, we see it's majestic and it's, it's lovely. And it's beautiful. And it makes us feel better about life. It makes us feel better about ourselves. And that's why we must fill our minds with these things. And finally, he says, admirable. Think about things that are excellent, are worthy of praise that you and I can reduce our anxiety just simply by the way we think, by changing the way we think. Which leads me to the third one. So you have to practice what you've learned. Practice what you learn. He says, keep putting into practice All you've learned and received from me and everything you heard from me and saw me doing. And Paul's saying, hey, you got to put things into practice. And our problem is not that we don't know enough. And I'm not, I'm not against knowing. I'm not against learning and growing and getting smarter and knowing more about God and, and theological truths and everything and doctrine. I'm not against that. I just want you to hear me today. Most of us here today do not have a knowledge issue. We have a practice issue. And if you know God's telling you to do something and you don't do it, it's going to create anxiety. 
That if you read his word and he says, stop, or you know that what you're doing is not right, or, or let's just say that he's calling you to start doing something, you don't do it, it's going to create anxiety. Because God's always speaking to us. And he's trying to lead us and try to guide us. And when we choose not to do what he says, it creates anxiety. And so you've got to put into practice what you've learned. We just sang that song. We sang that song, Firm Foundation, that, you know, that the you know, rains came, winds blew. You know where that comes from? It comes from the story that Jesus said. Jesus said there are two builders, one who built his house on the sand and one who built his house on the rock. And he said the one who built his house on the sand, the winds came and blew and blew that house down. But the one who built his house on the rock, that house stood. And who, what are the difference? They both heard, but Jesus said anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the one who built their house on the firm foundation. That you and I have to build. We have to build. We have to practice what we've learned. Which leads me to the last one. So we got prayer over worry, positive over negative. Practice what you've learned. And here's the last one. There's power in community. And I'll probably get the most pushback from this one. There's power in community. Hear me, hear me, just hear me on this. Hear my heart. Our biggest problem is we don't think we need any help. Our biggest problem is that we think that we can do it by ourselves. I want you to hear me on this. If you could overcome the anxiety in your life by yourself, you would have already done it. You'd already done it. There's power in community. Look at the scripture right here. He says, everything you heard from me, that they had to hear that from Paul, which means they had to be with Paul. And he says, everything you saw me doing, which means it wasn't just a one-time thing, that they were together. And you read the scriptures that it talks about that Christians were together, that Christ followers spent time together. They just didn't come and sit through a service and then go home. But there's power in community. That there's power when we share each other's burdens. When we pray for each other. When we're honest with each other. When we encourage each other. And you may say, well, I don't need any of that. I'm going to moan. Well, maybe somebody needs you. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe somebody needs you, but I think you do need it as well. I think it's a reciprocal relationship. He says, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then, listen to me, the God of peace will be with you. That somehow, supernaturally, God shows up when we're in community more than he does when we're by ourselves. Or in a different way than when we're by ourselves. And so you need other people. And so I want to ask you today, what if you believed all this? What if you believed that I could pray instead of worrying? I could fill my mind with positive instead of negative. That I could start to practice some things and build my house on a firm foundation. That I could be a part of a community where I was loved 
and cared and I could love and care and man, it would, it, it would eradicate anxiety. Because that's exactly where I think God's calling us. That's exactly where I believe that he wants us. You don't have to stay the way you are. You don't have to be eat up with anxiety. You can start today by taking steps. On August 6th, you're going to hear about our growth groups, a great chance for you to, to get in community with other people, to meet other people, to be in community with them, to hang out with them. You're, you're going to see a lot of different options. Some of them are just simply lunch groups where you can get to go to lunch. Who doesn't like to go to lunch? Come on, look at me. Come on, guys. The other is Celebrate Recovery. And we've talked about this every week. Maybe you need to go to Celebrate Recovery. We have a phenomenal recovery ministry. Meets at Thursday nights at 7 o'clock at the other campus for hurts, habits, and hang-ups. There are actually some groups for anxiety there. Would love to have you part of that as well. But I want to close with this. My son Mitchell uh, has used this illustration several times. And I stole it from him because I'm a dad. You know what I'm talking about? He owes me. You know, in the scripture right there, if we could go to that last scripture, it says to give all... your cares and worries to God because he cares about you. And I said, what if you really believe this? What if you really believe this? This is a cast net. And I used to be able to throw it really well. But anyway, that's another day. But you, it's a weighted cast net. And when you have anxiety, it's a weight on you. It's a weight. You're just carrying around this weight. You're carrying around this weight. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's a weight that you don't need to be carrying. And the scripture says, that right here says, to give all your worries and cares. You know that original word give? You know what that word is? It's cast. If you read some translations, it says cast, cast. Like you're casting something. And so what if you could take and you could just cast that off you and just let the Lord handle that? And wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't your life be better? That you don't have to carry all that? Now, with a cast net, when you throw it out, you're supposed to put the thing in the mouth, and you throw it, it throws out the pancake, and then you reel it back in, you pull it back in. Don't pull it back in. Just cast it on him. I'm going to walk through a few things. Well, I know we've got to go real quick. Maybe you're dealing with a physical thing. Don't you cast it on him. Just trust him. Maybe it's a marriage thing. Maybe it's a forgiveness thing. Cast it on him. Maybe you've been hurt. Cast it on him. Let God carry it. Don't reel it back in and say, I'm going I'm to start worrying about it. Just trust him. Watch what he does. Maybe it's a sin issue. That you're doing something, yeah. Repent and let him hold it. Maybe it's financial. Give all your worries and cares to God. Listen to me. For he cares about you. Listen, he cares about you. And I think you'll find that he'll do more with them than you ever could. As a matter of fact, he'll take them and he'll give you peace. And he'll allow you to live without the weight of that in your life. So here's how we're going to close. We've got a decision song to make today.
Maybe today you've got something you need to lay down. You could certainly do it in your seat. But if you want to come up front and pray, you can. Maybe today you've never understood how much Jesus Christ loved you, that he cares about you. We would love to talk to you. Les and I will be up front here to the side. We'd love to talk to you and pray with you. But I'm going to pray for you right now. Don't walk out of here just carrying this burden of anxiety. Because anxiety is not for you. It's not. It's against you. Father, we come to you thanking you that you care about us. And sometimes we don't believe it. And sometimes when we do believe it, we get frustrated because you don't work as fast as we think you should. Or you don't do the things that we want you to do. But God, my prayer is even in those moments, we would know that you care about us. That we would trust you. And then the moments that we want to get anxious... that we'd spend more time in prayer to you. That we'd spend time in your word. That we would start living in community with other people and being real and quit acting like we had it all together. And Lord, in doing so, we would finally experience peace. And so we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand? If you have a decision to make, man, we would love to pray with you for anything going on.